This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hello and welcome to Off The Beat and Track Podcast. I'm your host, I'm Stu Whiffin. It's another week, therefore it's another episode. Today's episode, I sit down with stand-up comedian Josh James and it's a hoot. Um, Josh lives just up the road, so the the, the subject of our home county of Essex um, features heavily, not just in music, but just in um, shared experiences, I guess, in, 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 in not shared experiences, but... Um, shared locations of experiences. Um, it's a small county, so uh, yeah, uh, I'm sure our paths have crossed in in many a venue over the years. Um, before I get on with this this chat, just a few thank yous. Um, the biggest thanks always uh, goes to fellow Essex gentlemen um, and uh, owner of the Distraction Pieces Network, which this podcast is very proud to be part of, Mr. Scroobius Pip. Um, big love to Pip uh, and, and all the other podcasters over on the Distraction Pieces Network. Go check them out. Um, you can listen to, obviously, Pip's Distraction Pieces podcast. Go and listen to the incredible Brett Goldstein's Films to be Buried with podcast. There's a podcast over there called Hardcore Listening, which I'm told is absolutely amazing. Um, not heard it myself, but um, I'm told that it's the one to go and check out. Um, there's stacks more over there. Um, go, uh, go give it a... Uh, a look. Um, second thanks go to 76 for producing this podcast. Um, big thanks uh, to you and always, always a huge thank you to you lovely bloody listeners um, for continuing to to like, love, share, retweet on the socials, support the podcast, subscribe to the podcast. You're, uh, you're wonderful humans. So thank you so much. Um, if you'd like to get more content, um, if you've exhausted the 400 episodes in the back catalogue, um, then there's bundles of other content on the Patreon. Um, hundreds of episodes that have never been released to the public over there. Um, radio shows, um, playlists, videos, all sorts of stuff. And that'll cost you a dollar a month. That's it. Just a dollar, 70 odd P a month. Um, and you know, you really do support the podcast by, by doing that. And it helps kind of cover the costs of production and such. Um, yeah, I mean, you can also, if this is your first time listening, hello, uh, if you like hearing me talking to comedians, then, um, have a little look in the back catalogue because you can hear me talking to Tom Davis, Esther Manito, uh, Jade Adams, Ed Gamble, James Acaster, Reese James, um, oh gosh, who else? Rich Wilson, Brett Goldstein, um, gosh, who else? Who else? Maisie Adam. 
Oh, stacks, stacks. I love a good natter with a stand-up. So, um, yeah, go uh, go explore the back catalogue. Um, anyway, let's get on with today's episode. Please enjoy Off The Beat and Track podcast with Josh James. Right, I've got to take a quick break in this podcast because I've got some super exciting news. Off The Beat and Track podcast is proud to go into partnership with the Cacao Bar from Hotel Chocolat. That's right. The Cacao Bar is not a chocolate bar. It's all the best bits of a chocolate bar put into a really exciting new alcoholic range. That's right. Gin, vodka, and a beautiful range of cream liqueurs. So one of the big bonuses of this partnership is obviously I'm super thrilled to have Hotel Chocolat working with us, but they sent me a great big box of this stuff. And I'm telling you, it's amazing. Go and check it out, www.hotelchocolat.com or over on the socials at Hotel Chocolat. But yeah, in the coming months, there's going to be opportunities for you to get involved with competitions with us, to win bottles of stuff. There's loads of exciting things coming soon, and I can't be more happy to say that this podcast is in partnership with the Cacao Bar from Hotel Chocolat. All right, let's get back to the podcast. It's off the beat and track podcast on the Distraction Pieces Network. It me, stew with him. Right, we are recording. Joining me today, Josh James. How are you, mate? I'm good, Stu. I'm good, mate. Thanks for having me on. Absolute pleasure. Absolute pleasure. Uh, so you've just told me that you're in you're in Essex. We're just up the road. Sun's shining today. Easter yeah. weekend. What you got planned? Anything same? Do you know what? Uh, no, I've got no gigs this weekend. Um, I was supposed to have a gig tonight, but that got cancelled. And I was actually sort of like, um, I was actually like, <laughs> I mean, I love I love gigging, but I was actually a bit like, ah, oh, do you know what? That's quite nice. I can just have a nice weekend off. So, yeah, today my mate's playing football, um, so I might go watch him. Uh, and then that's it, really, just because it's such a nice weather. So. Need to get outside, I think. Mm. Sometimes I think, um, if I've got a weekend off, I think, oh, lovely, like, I could just stay in and just write all weekend, but where the weather's so nice, I've got yeah. to get out, and I really. Totally. And and I always sort of like to sort of touch on, on, on something at the beginning of this podcast, just looking back over the last sort of few years, and, and, and obviously now the sun's shining, we're all allowed out. We're all allowed to be hanging around with people again, which is lovely. Um, and I just want to know, as, 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 a, as a comedian how the, the the sort of two years of of lockdown how it affected you not, not just professionally but personally as well uh yeah i mean yeah it was a funny old time really just obviously like all that uncertainty like around thinking oh am i gonna work again you know like i remember even talking to some comedians thinking saying listen it might not ever come back like and i'm like what are you talking about and uh um, you had Esther on, didn't you? Esther Benito is a yeah. mate of mine, and she was, uh, oh Christ, she was. I remember having, we went to a gig or something in between, like in between the lockdowns, and she was like, "No, nah, I think, I think we're fucked. Like, I think, <laughs> like, I don't think ever stand ups ever coming back." And then she got in my head, and I was like, "I was, oh no, like, what if it don't ever?" But, um. No, it's good. Listen, it's like everyone, like, I have my ups and downs in, in lockdown and uh, that's just in life, isn't it, really? But, you know, out the other side now and, um, yeah, and loving it, loving being back. And yeah. I'll tell you one thing that was good for the lockdown is that, like, obviously I always done the stand-up, but then I never really used to do anything online just because 
I was just like, nah, that's not a bit of me really. But then when I when I went into lockdown, like I had to be creative in somehow and that's when I started doing like some of my like sort of online sketches and that. And that um that was definitely a bit of that was a great thing for me to do because it you know, some of them are really popular and it got me out there and uh, got me out of my comfort zone a little bit to do a bit more of that side of it, really. But you think um, you probably wouldn't have done had the pandemic not have happened? No, not really. I mean, even now, like, now that we're back to gigging, like, you just can't beat stand-up, you know? I mean, I know, like, a lot of people obviously, you know, get a lot of comedy now from online, Instagram, YouTube or whatever, but for me, like... It's all about the stand-up, really. And, yeah. and even now, like, if I'm writing something, so I'm not putting out as much stuff online at the moment because I'm like, listen, first and foremost, I want to write good stand-up, you know, stand-up that's going to make you laugh and going to make you... It's going to, you know what I mean, speak about something and be really good. Yeah. And then I disregard doing the online stuff a bit because I'm like, that's my priority. And I find, like, to do, you know, the sketches... Um, it's a bit of a different style of writing. It's like when you do stand up, it really has to be, you know, like you don't get. It really has to be a bit, a bit better, well, a bit better written. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and it's got, a, yeah, it's just harder, and that's why I prefer doing it because you know it's harder to write yeah. a bit of stand up where it is to write an online sketch, really. So um, yeah, that's that. <laughs> well let's talk music and uh let's kick off the playlist um and i want you to tell me uh please just a song that you regard as having the greatest ever intro uh so i think i chose fat les vindaloo didn't i <laughs> yes <mate>. yeah <laughs> yeah because i just love that song like uh i just absolutely love it i mean i don't follow football as much as what i used to like to club level you know because I'm just always gigging and that, so it's like I'm not really as into it as what I used to be. But when the Euros come around, like last Euros or World Cup, I just love it. You know, I love how everyone comes together, and I feel I feel so English. You know, and yeah. I love I love that sort of patriotism. I love that togetherness that everyone has. And for me, there's nothing like when when England win in a you know in a in a major finals. The, the feeling that that gives me. It's hard to be beaten, do you know what I mean, of that, you know what I mean, being with all your mates and like, every year you just think you're going to do it, you know, yeah. no matter how rubbish we are, we always think we're going to do it this year. Yeah. And I generally believe that going into every tournament. And uh, and that that song, Vindaloo, it just like, it just gets me going, do you yeah. know what I mean? It gets me going and that start bit where, where you hear the drums kick in. And it's like, where on earth are you from? We're from England. And it's just like, I'm just like, yeah, like I love, in that moment, I'm like, I love being English. You know what I mean? And <laughs> it, it proper it proper makes the, proper gives me goosebumps, yeah. that intro. And I'm, funnily enough, I've got a Spotify, you know, like at the end of the year on Spotify, they do, um, like, what have you listened to Yeah, the yeah, most? yeah, yeah. And like, I've got all this stuff like hip hop, like Nas and, you know, all, all stuff like this, what I listen to. And but the number one song by like a long way was Vindaloo Fat Les because I even listened to it. I listened to it a lot. I listened to it running. Whenever I'm running, I always play it because I always think, and not that I would ever, but I always think like I love boxing as well. I'm really into my boxing. Yeah, it was that same. Uh, yeah, 
I'd always think if I was, I always just pitch myself being a boxer sometimes and coming out to entrance music. Fuck off! Is that your walkout? And the walkout would be Vindaloo. <laughs> if I had, if I had, you know, if I was, a, I was thinking like, or if I was to ever have like a charity boxing match or something like that, I'm like, I will come out to Vindaloo just because I, I just love, it. I love the, in, I love that intro, but I love the whole song. Like yeah. it just, it just really like pumps me up, you know. It's it's also a fucking mental record, isn't it? Like when you actually listen to it and look at it, it's like you look at football records that sort of come, you know, before and after that. And I think that did that first come may have come out for '96 first time, and then that Do was. You know what? I, th- I think it might. No, I think it w- it might have been '98. '98. I think it might because I know '96 was obviously um, Free Lions. Free Lions. Yeah. And Vindaloo. Probably 98 or... I don't know if we got to the 2000s. Definitely before that. Gosh. It was definitely 90s. Yeah, I think it was 90. I think it might have been 98 then. Because mm. I remember it when I was a kid as well. I mean, Three Lions is great. That's that's a great... You know, that's probably the greatest England football song, but... I'm, I'm world in motion all day long. Yeah, for me, right. I, I, I'm i all about... I'm all about Vindaloo, that, that song for me. <laughs> not just one of my... Like, it's not just my favourite football song. I would say... It's one of my favourite songs, without a shadow of a doubt. It's just brilliant. I, just ain't, brilliant. I ain't laughing at your choice. I just, it's just a fucking nuts record. But yeah. I'm, I'm actually reading Alex James from Blur's book at the moment. Right. Uh, okay. and, and he's talking about how Fat Les come about. Like, could you, do, Are you aware of who Fat Les are? Fat Les. So, no, I know the, gee, the geezer, Keith. What's his name? Keith Allen. Yes, Keith Allen. So, he's Lily Allen's dad, isn't he? Yeah. And I know that he's the guy. Uh, and I don't know if he's funny enough. I don't know if he's from Brentwood, actually. I've got a feeling he's got some sort of link to Brentwood or something. He might have gone to school there. I'm not too sure. But, um, no, I don't know. I didn't know Fat Les was... Well, uh, Fat Les is a band, is it? I see, I don't well, yeah, know. they ain't really even... done a lot. Uh, they, they've done a couple of, like sort of football songs or, or, or kind of novelty-based stuff after Vindaloo. But, um, yeah, it was Keith Allen, Alex from Blur, and the artist, Damien Hurst. And and it basically, oh, it? yeah, it just formed, I'm, I'm literally reading about it at the moment, it formed um, hanging out in the, uh, not the Met Bar, whatever the, the 90s bar was in London, they were all um, hanging out in. And it just, from them just being on the piss constantly, like they formed this this weird little band, and and that was Fat Les, and then Vindaloo happened, and they must have made some serious money out of that. Well, uh, whoever's got the royalties to that song, like, I mean that they must, well, they must be massively rich just off that song alone. Yeah, they owe, they owe you a pint, like. You know, I ain't being you know, funny. Yeah, all day long. This most listened to thing on your Spotify. I mean, I mean, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm a big, I'm a big ambassador for that song. I love it, but I just love everything about it. I love the video as well. Mm. The video, like if you've seen the video where they're walking down the high street, that's Paul K, isn't it? I'm not sure. It's Paul K playing like the Richard Ashcroft character, and obviously you got right. Keith Allen buzzing around. Sort Paul of... K, is that the guy for Shameless? No, Paul Kay was Dennis Pennis back in... I'm showing my age now. Like, Paul Kay is in... Um, do you watch Afterlife? Yeah. He, yeah, pl- oh, he plays okay. a shrink. Right, yes, yes, yes. That's the guy. I'm getting him confused with yeah. another actor. Yeah, that's it. That is that guy. Mm. Yeah, but... Um, yeah, I love that song, man. And that, and that, 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 that introduction, I'm just like, right, here we go. You know, I always think... You know, I imagine it, like I said, coming to a... Bo- like, if I had a boxing bout or whatever... 
But I always think if we went to war like tomorrow, do you know what I mean? Like, and we was in the trenches and we were just about to go over the top. You would play that. You would play that at the speakers. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> like, like you would have to. You played out the speakers, and like we're beating, every, we're beating anyone, mate. Do you know what I mean? Like, what a call to arms! <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like Putin, you know, he might have all these nuclear weapons, but we got Vindaloo. Do you know what I mean? So, as soon as that blares out out the out the speakers, we're um, shit's getting real. No one's, yeah, no one's fucking, no one's getting the better of us. <laughs> well, in regards to intro. Like, normally I ask musicians about how they, how they write intros, but what I like to do when I speak to, to comedians is, is kind of ask two questions, really. And, like, how much importance do you put on that first gag, that intro, when you walk out that first gag? And I know it doesn't happen on some of the smaller shows, but on some of the other shows, you get to have a little walkout tune. Have you got a walkout tune? Uh, yeah. I mean, that's... that because. You get to choose. If you do live at the Apollo, you get to choose. Um, you get to you give them a few choices of songs. So of course I've thought about it. Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> of course I'm. Like, you know I'm not gonna say I've not thought. I'm 100. percent I'm thinking. I probably have. I'd probably have Vindaloo. If yeah. they let me have Vindaloo, I'd probably have Vindaloo. Or I'd have. Um, what's that? Um, Yaz. Um, the only way is up. Nice. The song that they have on the only way is Essex. <laughs> Just as like a bit of a piss take, do you know what I mean? So, um, yeah, those would be the two, I reckon. Love it, love it. And and on in regards to your first gag when you come out, um, yeah, so first gag when I come out, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I think the first gag has got to be it's got to be something that really, you know, because as soon as you walk on that stage, people make this, you know, make a, a judgment on you. Do you know what I mean? So, my first bit that I do on stage is very disarming do you know what I mean um I basically thank him for coming and then I say uh and then I say fuck I can't remember what I say what do I say I say uh Mo, thanks for coming out thanks for supporting live comedy you know uh and who knows because I, I get up there you know they see they probably think oh he's this you know little like cocky Essex fucking you know helmet do you know what I mean so I know that so I get up there and I go thanks for coming out thanks for supporting live comedy you know and who knows probably in a few years time you'll be watching the telly and you'll be like remember watching that Jack the Lad down the comedy club in so and so yeah he never did make it did he no and then that always gets a good laugh (laughs) and then it's like and then like it disarms them because they're like oh this guy don't take himself too seriously you know do you know what I mean so I get if people look at me they probably make a judgment, and so that that opening gag is really just to, 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 to you know just to bring me down to earth and say you know like this is who I am basically, and then yeah, my first gag after that is is yeah is, is basically establishing the fact that I'm from Essex, which is like so it's a big part of my act, um, and then also showing my like you know sort of oh, I don't want to say use that word, but like cheeky side, do you know what yeah. I mean that you know. And that's the first. That's the first couple of minutes. So they sort of know. All oh, right, it's you know very on brand. They sort of know what they're going to get. Uh, they sort of well, they don't know what they're going to get, but they know that. Um, oh, okay, I've got a good idea of this guy is now. And actually, you know, he seems seems all right. Let's let's give him a chance. You know. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to take you back for track two, Josh. Um, mm. And I'm going to ask you please to tell me the first song you remember hearing that had an emotional impact on you, please. Yeah, so this one is a, it's a bit of a soppy one, but uh, Christopher Lady in Red. 
Okay. Is uh, I love that song. That's, that's another one of my favourite songs. And um, yeah, I just think like it, listen, it's a cheesy song. Mm. It's a proper, it's a proper cheesy song. But I just always really liked it. And uh, I can remember first hearing it in Only Fools and Horses when um, Rodney. Uh, I think it's the song that plays when he first dances with Cassandra. And um, just always remember, like, I really like that. Um, I just really like that episode. That episode's um, the heartbreaker, isn't it? That that yeah. that scene at the end when mm. Dale's just there on the dance floor and holding back the years comes on. And, and Yeah, do you know what? It's not that one. It's one. It's when Rodney first meets Cassandra in a nightclub and they slow dance. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. yeah, and um, and obviously that's the one when they at the wedding. But yeah, and that's what Only Fools and Horses was always so good at, weren't they? Because it would make some great laughs in there. But they really like John Sullivan was great at them moments that was like, you know, like like the heartfelt moments. You know what I mean? Which which make which make the comedy funnier for me when you have those low moments. Do you know what I mean? Do Do you think that's a British thing? Like because when I think of Things like that that literally are turning your sixpence like from laughing to crying, and I instantly think of like things like Tim and Dawn in the office, and then I think of like the royal yeah. family. The royal family could have you like roaring, and then literally like your heart's breaking the next scene, yeah. and it's like I don't know if that's just a very British thing. Yeah, I think I think that is I think that is quite uh, British. Um, well, I, th- I think that's, that's that's comedy generally, you know, mm. because um, you know. Comedy, a lot of comedy is about tension. You know, you build tension, and then the punchline is that that tension releasing, and that's what makes people laugh. So, you know, I think about this new joke I've got at the moment, um, which I'm working on, which is really quite tense, and it talk, talks a bit about you know some some problems I've had over the last couple of years and stuff. And this incident, this running I had with this <laughs> with this bloke who turned up at my gig. And uh, it's funnier because it's tense, you know what I mean? And at times you're thinking, like, oh, is this, like, what is it, a comedy show? Do you know what I mean? But then it, you know, then I sort of do the punchline yeah, and yeah, it, all, yeah, like, yeah. All comes, it all comes out. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so that is quite British. But, yeah, that, that tension building, um, is, that's, that's a big part of comedy. Yeah. John Sullivan was such a genius, wasn't he? He really was. Yeah, great. Yeah, he's, he's, yeah. I mean, um, I love Only Fools and Horses. It's um, probably not my favourite sitcom, um, but I love Only. I mean, it's unreal when you look at Only Fools and Horses, and these these episodes were like an hour long. And there's you know a lot I mean? of them. There's a lot of them. They're an hour long. The characters are just so good, um, and I, I think I mean, my, well, probably my favourite sitcom. Um, of them always the office you know for me I watch that once every year and like doesn't matter how many times I watch it it still makes me laugh yeah. do you know what I mean I, yeah. I think that is the best sit- my personal opinion obviously everyone's different but I think that's the best sitcom of all time but Only Fools and Horses is great you know and, and Only Fools and Horses for me it reminds me a lot of like like my grandparents do you know what I mean and that I will it almost take when I watch Only Fools and Horses. It almost sort of brings out all the memory, like um, brings out all the memories of like my grandparents not with us anymore. But brings up all my memories of them. Do, yeah. you, do you know what I mean? And that's that's sort of a good piece of like of art of comedy or sitcom or music. It does does to you. It really lives those memories. 
brings those memories back. Do you know what I mean? And music's obviously, that's probably the best thing at doing that. You know, 100%. you hear a song and then it just like, it takes you back and you're like all them, it almost triggers all them emotions yeah. that you had and you yeah, and that's yeah, that's what a good good piece, good piece of art does, I think. So in regards to that track, if I asked you to pinpoint the exact emotion that that you get from that, what would it be? Um, probably, uh, yeah, probably like probably makes me a bit like mellow. Do you know what I mean? A bit. Not upset, but like a little bit like um a little bit what's the word when you're thinking of something? Melancholy. Like, nostalgia. Melan yeah, melancholy, nostalgia. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, you know. Yeah. And I like I like, you know, for me, like it's a bit like me in life, like I I own it I'm sort of I'm I'm either up or I'm down, you know, I'm like here, I'm here, do you know what I mean? So I like I like really like melancholy songs like that, like you know, simply read that tune that you mentioned there, holding back the years. That's another one that is uh, that is 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 great for that. I was listening to a lot of the faces this morning actually nice. when I was out. Roger Stewart and the faces, and uh, they got a lot of tunes like that where it's you know what I mean. It makes that takes me back. But then if I'm not listening to that, I'm listening to some like gangster shit. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I'm ready to just smash everything up, and uh, you know. Um, you know, yeah, I'm like sort of one or one or the other, really. Well, I'm going to ask you for track three, Josh, to tell me the song that reminds you of your time at school, please, mate. Yeah, so that brings us nicely to to Fifty Cent in the club, uh, which is uh, it's a bit different from Christopher, <laughs> but yeah, that that tune was just like the first tune I remember when we was in like year eight. Everyone was just singing that song, like like was just singing that song, basically. He was massive at the time, and when I was in senior school, 50 Cent was the man, do you know what I mean? He was the top, he was like the top rapper at the time, and all his tunes were just wicked, really. And so, yeah, that, that tune in particular, because that was like his first one, which made, yeah. which made him sort of like, you know, everyone know who he was when yeah. he burst onto the scene, and that was probably about year eight. Um, but then all of 50 Cent really reminds me of, of year seven to a year 11, you know, that whole get rich, die trying, all that sort of era Yeah. Um, of me, like, yeah, just sort of going to Romford on a Saturday in my Echo track so you know, just, just, <laughs> yeah, just like that, that's, yeah, that reminds me of those, those five years at, at, at school. And how was school as an experience? And where was it? So I went to school in Hornchurch uh, to a to a, a Catholic school called Campion. Um, so yeah, it was interesting. You know, it was, like, it was, it was all boys school, so um, it's very like lots of uh, testosterone flying about, and um, and it was yeah, it was a bit of a bit of a I'd had my ups and downs of it really. Uh, I, you know, just get into a lot of trouble at school. In all honesty. Used to just just play up and misbehave and like try and you know um, try and make everyone laugh and uh, yeah just be, be a bit naughty really. So got into a lot of trouble. Uh, year ten I sort of sorted it out and well actually no year eleven I, I sort of tried to knuckle down a bit and and luckily come out with some you know okay grades. But yeah it was um, it was it was good. I got good, I got good memories. I got bad memories, but. Uh, I'd say more good. I'd say more good than bad. Yeah. 
Yeah. Did you know what you wanted to be? Yeah, I always wanted to be a comedian, in all honesty. Uh, always, you know, like we always had um, Peter Kay and Billy Connolly on in our house. And I never were, like, was comfortable telling people that, but I always knew that's what I wanted to do, you know. Um, I can remember, I said this to someone the other day, like, when I grew up, like, the only thing... Like, I went, went to that to that all-boys school, and it was all, like, subjects where you'd done PE. There was no drama or nothing creative for you to do. And I would never say this because... I was too embarrassed to say it in front of my mates or even to my dad or whatever. But I used to play football all age growing up. And I would say, like, I enjoyed it. And I was a reason, I was all right, you know, all right at it. Um, played to a, to a, you know, like I played to a decent standard in the end. Um, but my thing was always, like, I played football because that was the only thing really on offer. Do you know what I mean? Like. Yeah. That was the only thing like a boy like me would do. And I could always remember thinking, "Oh, I'm so gutted! Like they've not got drama here at this school because I would love to do that or something." You know, I'm not saying I would have been, I would have acted or whatever, but just something where I could have been a little bit more creative, you yeah, know? Because I was, I was always into that sort of thing. But it was always a bit like, no, nah, that was never really an option. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah. And and to <clears throat> looking at you know playing football and, and being the kind of you know, the, the guy in the class that always kind of, you know, misbehaved to get a laugh and stuff like that. And then to obviously that to end up facilitating a career in stand-up, <clears throat> which, you know, for 99.9% of the population could think of nothing more terrifying than doing what you do. Um, was you confident then? And are you confident now? Uh, yeah, I would say, like, with my confidence in school, a lot of time, I, a lot of times that I used to play up was because I weren't confident. Like I didn't want to admit that I weren't very like good at the subject. So like in English, for example, I never used to act up because I was really good at English and writing, you know. Um, and I got I really got good really get good oh, spit it out. Got I got really good grades in that. Yeah. Um, PA. Uh, again, like another one, I got good, good grades in that. I always was always give that my all. Do you know what I mean? But then ones like maths and science, like my head is just not is not programmed that way. So sure. I used to those were the ones that I used to play up so much because didn't want to admit. Oh, actually, like I don't know what I'm doing here. Like, and I didn't want to show that side of myself where, like. I weren't very good at it, you know, so I was mm. like, fuck this, I'm, I'm just going to, I'm just going to make this teacher's life hell, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, so, I would say I had the, the confidence with some things and even now, like in my older, adult life, like, I'm really confident with a stand-up and, and, and doing the comedy bits because, you know, um, I feel like I'm good at it, you know, I feel mm. like I've got a talent for it and I'm very confident with that side of my life. But there's lots of stuff that I'm, that I'm not confident about, you know. And, um, yeah, I can't think of anything off, off the top of my head. But, um, yeah, the, I would say I'm, I'm very confident with things I know that I'm good at. But then um, I've got no confidence. If it comes to something oh, I might even be half good at, I'm just like, no, nah, I'm rubbish at that. And I'll put myself, you know, I'll tell everyone I'm rubbish at it. And, uh, you know, and maybe make a joke to deflect from the... From the reality that sure. you know, 
Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I think a lot of people do that, though, mate. I think that yeah, is, like defence you know, mechanism. Course, you know. course. All right. Um, well, let's um, let's have one more in the formative years, mate. And I'm going to ask you, please, to tell me the first song you remember buying. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live, from ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating. They always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. From a record shop. Uh, yes, I can't remember the first song, but I, I certainly remember the first album, which was um, Kanye West. I, I can never say Kanye. Is it Kanye? Kanye? Oh, I can't ever say it properly. Ka- Ka- oh, Ka- you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Kanye West. Um, the, the college dropout. Uh, I mean, this is normally the one that's the embarrassing one. That's a fucking cool album, man. Yeah. <clears throat> no, I love that. Yeah, I, I, well, I think I was about 15 when I bought that. I bought two. I bought two, but... That was my favourite. That and I bought The Streets, A Grand Don't Come For Free. I mean, that's another um, absolute cracker as well. Yeah. Yeah, that was great. So, um, that was great. Um, but, yeah, it was, the, it was Kanye West, uh, the college, uh, college dropout. That, um, that was the first album I bought. And it's still one of my favourite albums today. You know, we've got some great, great, great tunes on there. All Falls Down on that album is one of my favourite songs. Um, so yeah, I, I, he was he was so good back then. You know, yeah. I loved I loved that. Uh, a lot of people say it, don't they? But they say they they miss the old Kanye. You know, but I do. I loved it. I remember seeing. It. I went when I was eighteen. I went to see him at the O2, um, and I loved him because I always like always liked hip hop. You know, um, and I've always liked stuff like Fifty Cent and, and Nas and all stuff like this. But what I quite liked about Kanye West was like. It was hip hop, but he's not talking about, you know, he's not talking about shooting people and all this and stuff like that. Listen, sometimes I like a song mm. where he's saying he's going to shoot someone, and I'm like, yeah, do you know what I mean? I need to hear that. <laughs> but, um, but you know, what I liked about here, uh, Kanye West, he was, he was talking about other stuff, which was like he was using hip hop, but like using it in a way that I'd not really heard before, and also, also some of the lyrics like. Um, in All Falls Down what's the one when he goes we're all self-conscious but I'm just the first to admit it and I'm like yeah we all are why are we all pretending like we're not 
Do you know what yeah. I mean? Like, admit, admit it. Like, admit that we all got our vulnerabilities and all stuff like this. And hearing stuff like that, I was like, yeah. Um, I loved him. I loved him back then. And his first few albums I, I really liked. Obviously, yeah. I still, still now, still now he's great, but he's on a different sort of, he's on a different thing now. He's on a different I mean? planet from the rest of the world, mate. He's on a different planet, but I do think, listen, I love him. I, I do think he is a genius, you know, and even though he comes out and he says he's a genius and people go on and go, I'll get, get lost, you know what I mean? But I think he's, I think he is, you know. But, uh, um, as, a, as a producer, he's, yeah, he's spectacular. Like, yeah. Make no mistake. Like, yeah. Can you remember where you bought it? Yeah, I bought it in Lakeside, HMV. Nice. You know, the one that was on, um, that was like, but, but in, in the middle by the food court. Yeah, mate. Yeah, went in there. Yeah, went in there and bought it there. And then I bought, uh, you know, I think I bought, bought one of them, you know, them posters that you get in HMV <laughs> of, all the ra- of all the rappers. <laughs> yeah. And I had that, had that on my wall. Um, which is hilarious because I'm, you know, a white kid from Essex, but I love it. <laughs> so. Right, well, look, um, you, you're from Brentwood. One of the things that Brentwood's, uh, I, I guess, over has really put it on the on, on the map of culture is 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 uh, is, is the, the the nightclub that was there. Um, uh, and so I'm going to ask you for track five, Josh. Tell me the song that soundtrack your years clubbing, please. Yeah, so I think most most of my years clubbing, it was always house music. Do you know what I mean? And uh, I couldn't tell you like from my early, for me, oh, I love I love I love soulful house. Is, is the house is the house music that I like? Do you know what I mean? Um, but I'm not always the best at saying oh this you know this, I was by this artist and it's named this song, whatever. Um, so loads of house tunes through the years, but probably my favourite. Um, soulful house tune is Dennis Ferrer. Um, oh, what's it called? Oh Christ, it's gone for me now. I think I told you you before, you, didn't you I? Did. I might have it here. Hang on, it is. Uh, how do I let go? How do I let go? There you go. And I love that because it is such a, uh, such a good, such a good uplifting, uplifting tune. You mm. know, and I love it. And uh, and it's got that like you know soulful house. It's got that element of soul. Mm. And growing up, you know, my dad was massive into Motown, um, and I sort of grew up on Motown really. So I've always always loved Motown, and it's sort of like merging these two, you know, with soulful house. There's a lot of types of house music I don't like, but, but I quite like soulful house because it's you know it's got that. It's got that sort of uplifting yeah. beat beat to it, but then it's also usually got some some soulful lyrics, and do you know what I mean. Yeah. Someone singing over the top, and uh, uh, yeah. So where where was clubbing? Of course, where where weren't it really? It was like for years. That's all I done. That's like I was just. That's all I done. You know, from from 16 started going out in Romford you know 16 to about 19 you know and in Romford it was 131 it was um it was it was time and envy uh so it was these these ones and then you sort of upgrade a little bit and then you know get to 18 and then obviously I'm from Brentwood so sugar up was 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 massive like just before it went onto the to tower we come out yeah, I mean it was every Thursday and Sunday they were just, 
it was they were just packed and that's right just used to go every week you know and used to love it there and then Towie come along and it turned into this big massive thing and then there was queues all the way down the high street and it was mad like must have been one of the most popular nightclubs in the country at the time um but still go there and still still go there a lot um but then also 195 in Epping my mate used to mate used to work there so we used to be there a lot on Saturdays and then um then also new bar in um in in Loughton as well um so yeah i'd say the ones the three i would do most over my 20s after that sort of Rumford phase was like sugar hut 195 new bar yeah. um and yeah and it was funny that sort of time because that was the time where you know the only way is essex had just started and um it was a, it was, it was, a, it was, a, you know, it was a really, really interesting time. I think for that Essex sort of nightclub scene, you know, I, was, <clears throat> I sound like an old, I sound like a fucking old geezer, but I think, you know, kids now in their early twenties, like they they go a lot up to these raves now up London and stuff like that, which is which is great, you know, and they're on a bigger scale. But I wouldn't change like my clubbing years. Yeah. For for theirs, no way, because it was, it was you know, Sugar Hut, One Nine Five New Bar. They were the places to be, you know. In it was just the place to be, you know. And uh, it was fun. It was more local, um, you know. It meant that we met loads of people from from all over this area, you know. And uh, yeah, it was wicked. It was good times and um, funny, you know. I look back at some of the old pictures, like some of the fashions, like how we used to dress up. Like really proper, really proper OTT, you know, like with the side partings and the, you know, the polos, the top buttons done up and all that. And it's funny, you know, it's funny. I feel like it's really, you know, there was a real identity from being from Essex at that that sort of time. Do you know Massively. What I mean? and, uh, Massively. Yeah. It's, uh, it's surreal. <clears throat> I've, I've, um, I've, I've, I've had a nightclub for 30 years in Essex and, uh, but, I did also, I, I, I promote elsewhere, and I, I, I promoted Sugar Up for about a year and a half just, bef- oh, really? just before uh, Mick took it over. Okay. Uh, and, so uh, I'm trying to think who was the geezer that owned it then. Uh, There's another guy. Yeah, the, uh, was he Greek? Um, yeah, because I remember he had a son. I can't remember what his name was. Yeah, but I think they was. Yeah, I think they was Greek. And, but yeah, uh, then 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 Mick then Mick bought it. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it, well, I used to work. Yeah. Did you? You worked there. I worked there. <clears> so <throat> when I was um, my first job when I was fifteen, I was a glass collector at Sugar Up, and um, worked there for about a year and a half. And then I was like, I want to start trying to get in here now. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it was. Uh, it's, it, it was it was it was a wicked place, you know. I, I mean, I don't know. If it, I think it's closed now, and I know there was new owners took it over. But um, yeah, it was some some good years there, and you know, I know obviously some people take take the piss out of the whole towie and the, the sugar hut thing. But listen, it was for me, it was brilliant. Do you know what I mean? I loved it. It's a crazy cr- like to to like I, I dipped out um, in the kind of sort of handover period. Um, and then, obviously, at that point, that show starts. And as a club promoter, like, looking at what happened with that place, I mean, that's a marketing dream. Because that was meant to have been at Faces, wasn't it? Um, well, yeah. I think that, I mean, fa- yeah, I think it might have been Faces. I'm not too sure why they didn't. 
I mean, but they still, if you watch Tower, they, they still shot bits in faces mm. in Gantz Hill. Um, you know, like I think they've done stuff at 195 in Epping. Because mm. um, Faces, I would say, was originally the more iconic Essex nightclub. Do you yeah, know what I mean? definitely. Like, everyone knew Faces, you know. Um, Sugar Hut, I think, become more famous... Well, because of Towie, really. Yeah, 100%. That's why it was. Yeah. But they still, they still filmed bits in, yeah. in, um, in Faces, but it seemed, it seemed like Sugar Hut was like the epicenter, didn't, didn't it? 100%. If, you, if you, you told anyone that you was from Essex, at some point in the next couple of sentences, the word Sugar Hut would get mentioned. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, it's just surreal, <laughs> yeah. isn't it? Like, yeah, it is surreal. Especially when, obviously, we knew it from before. Yeah. And uh, we're just like, it's just, it's just sugar up. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like, good, 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 good club. Don't get me yeah. wrong. Um, but like, I mean, I mean, I think it was mad that like when, when we used to go and when, like when, when the show was at its height, like um, people were just coming from, we didn't know, didn't need to go anywhere. People come from all over the country, like big. And even now, if you go Brentwood, you know, still like, um, I mean, it might have died down there because I don't know if sugar is open at the moment, but you know, a lot of Hindus coming down for the weekend, you know, they come down, they have the old Towie experience and all stuff like this. And someone who, like, grew, grew up in Brentwood, and Brentwood was just, Brentwood was just like, a standard, standard mm. town, really, before, you, you know. So now, like, it's this, I don't know, a lot of people go to Brentwood because, because of Towie. It's a bit strange, you know what I mean? Yeah. But, um, but, yeah, that's a show for you. That, I mean... Like, I, 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 I never really watched the show, um, but it was like so huge. And, and one of the things that like literally happened about just before lockdown, I think that I've got this where I'm recording now is like kind of like my shed at the end of the garden. Yeah. And I've had all sorts of people over the years sort of come down the end of the garden and, and record the, you know, this or one of the other pods. And, uh, and never once really of, uh, of like the family being like that intrigued as to like, oh, who's that? Like, don't get me wrong, my other half did did show a lot of interest when Brett Goldstein come down here, and uh, she was like, oh, hello, who's who, who's that? But apart from that, no interest in anyone. And uh, <clears throat> but then I literally got woke up one morning by both my daughters just going, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, and like, and I thought, what's going on? And like, and I looked at the front of my window. Uh, and both my daughters were like losing their shit, having selfies with a guy that was jet washing next door's drive. Kirk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, yeah. I've had fucking Love amazing that. rock bands in my fucking garden, and they're they're, having, yeah. they're losing their shit getting a selfie with a bloke jet washing next door's garden. I was like, who's that? And they're like, it's Kirk from yeah. Towie. I was like, all oh, right, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, love Kirk. Yeah, love Kirk. I know, I know, like. <laughs> I've known Kurt well since back, like yeah, when he used to, when he used to go, you know, sugar every week and whatever. And uh, he's a top guy, Kurt. You know, he's yeah. got he's got he's got a real you know he's got a real lovely way about him. And um, and it's funny, you know, like to obviously he was on that show and now obviously he does the he, he does the I think it's called I want to give it a shout out. I think it's called KN Jet Services or Jet Washing Services, it something is, like that. It and is. Obviously, yeah, and he does he does the jet washing and makes things brings back things from the dead, like literally mm. makes them look brand new. And um, yeah, I think like, I love that he's doing that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I love that he, he he's he's doing that and he's out there grafting. Um, and he's um, 
and he's such a he's such a top guy. It was like really cut me up when I heard about his 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 dad because he's um you know I, I never knew his dad like on on first name terms, but because he used to go there so much, he'd always recognise me. He'd always sort me out of a drink or whatever. Um, because I was like a regular there, you know, and I can remember, you know, quite a few times he took me down to the, there was a, they had like this, where they keep all their, um, like supplies and that. And I was like, oh, I've run out of fags. He's like, come with me and he give me a pack of fags. And like, they always looked after me, you know, yeah. always my experiences with, with Mick Norcross were always, uh, he was such a gentleman, you know, for, for my, you know, the experiences I, I had with him. And, uh, you know, when I heard that, um, That's so him. tragic, man. So tragic. Yeah, it, it really, um, yeah, it really, it really upset me to be honest. And um, and uh, I saw, I saw Kirk not not, not so long ago. And um, but it was, you know, Kirk Kirk's got a, he's a positive person, I think. You know, and it was good to see him. You know, he had a smile on his face, and uh, you know, I'm sure that's that's obviously it's totally tragic and. Must have been a really hard thing to do, but I can, you know, I know that Kirk's doing a lot of stuff with the mental health stuff nowadays, and you know, trying to turn that that into a uh, into a positive, and Absolutely. I'm sure he will. I'm sure, he will help a lot of pre- people mm. through, through that, you know. Um, so yeah, yeah. Do, do you know what? Like, um, like I was, t- I went out and, and was chatting to him, and uh, <clears throat> just to sort of say, you know, like credit to him, he was just like, Look, do you know what? Like, I've got family, so I just want to do like the right thing and just, you know, show, you know, show my family like what it's like to earn, earn a proper day's money and things like that. And it, you know, you just think that's, you know, hats off. Do you know what I mean? It was like, <clears throat> yeah. I mean, I think, do you know what? I like to think that that's, that's like in the mentality of people that are where we're from. You yeah. know, I think we are like just, just hard workers. Yeah. Do, do you know what I mean? And, and even, um, you know, even I, I feel like we, a lot of people from Essex seem to make the best of a bad situation. You know, it doesn't matter what sort of education you had or whatever. You know, they always want to aspire to more. You know, they always want aspiration is the word, definitely. Uh, they're aspirational, hundred percent. And I love that about this part of the world because it's different from other parts of the world, hundred percent. I think that's what makes people from our part of the world, you know, from Essex, unique in the fact that, you know, I mean, how many blokes from Essex do you know who like <laughs> can't? you know can't spell properly but like they they're driving around in in these big flashy cars because yeah. they've got that work ethic and mm-hmm. they've got that positive mental attitude but like no I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to make that happen do you know mm-hmm. what I mean and I think Kirk's Kirk's got that and it doesn't it doesn't matter what you're doing it doesn't matter how much money you earn I think um I think I've, not everyone but I think there's a lot of people in this county that you know we work hard and we try and do the best for ourselves. Do you know what I mean? 100%. And we've got that. We've got that in us, and I see that in a lot of people. Yeah, a lot of people around here. Well, I, I asked you about your relationship with confidence uh, earlier, so it kind of fits quite nicely at this point. Um, obviously, stand up is you know a very um, competitive industry. How driven are you? Yeah, I'm really. I'm really driven. Um, I'm I'm re- I'm really driven. Yeah, I think uh, obviously that's, that's the sort of, sort of side of it that people, you know people don't you don't really see. But I think like you know naturally, you know, reasonably naturally funny bloke or whatever, and uh, 
you know, I like to think that I get along with most people, but I think what has made, like, given, like, what, I was about to say, like, has helped me get to where I am today. Not like I'm bloody, I'm not like Peter Cage, you know what I mean? I'm not like this big, like, famous comedian, but I've got to a, 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 like, a decent enough standard. A lot of that has come from just me really working hard. And I, and I, I do think I, you know, I'm always, I'm always on thinking about different jokes and every, I never really have a day off. Do you know yeah. what I mean? And if, if I've got an hour now or a couple of hours now, I will spend that writing. I'm very disciplined like that. You know, I'm yeah. very, very, very driven. Um, yeah, and I think I get that. You know, I get that from 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 my dad. He's he's a very driven bloke. Do you yeah. know what I mean? He he had his own. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Business and, um, you know, didn't have a great education, didn't really come from much, but was... Um, Really, really very driven, you know, and, and like done right in life because of that. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I'd say I'm really driven. You know, I'd, I'd, I gig three times a week. I'd, I'd, you know, I work as well, got a job. Yeah. But I, I gig still gig three times a week. I spend time to write. I still film my sketches. I'm starting a new podcast. Like, I don't, you know, I don't stop really. Yeah. And um, I think as well, when I st- I've been doing comedy now about eight years, and like last year 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 and a half and so it's been going great you know i've recently got signed to uh to, to an agency and stuff like this which has made my life easier but i've not always had that yeah you know and even in the earlier years there's a lot of people getting getting signed to these agencies and and stuff like that or getting opportunities for some reason i weren't really getting them you know um for for, for whatever reason but i never that only made me more motivated. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. That only made me more motivated That's to good. try and work harder. Because people can then use that as an opportunity to start questioning what you're doing. Do you know what I mean? And thinking, oh, am I doing something wrong here? And like, and I think it's really good that if you're, you know, you're confident in, in, in what you're doing and you know that your product's good because I think whether it be comedy, music, you know, and if you start altering what you do, to you know, potentially follow a trend in something like that because oh, that guy's got this and these, the, you know, these comedians are getting signed up, these bands are getting signed up. I think it's really important, like to to just stick true to what you know and what you do, and and then yeah. you know, and 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 it arrives to the top always. Like I, uh... I mean, I yeah, I think I think I, I my personal opinion is is like listen, you know, more some people are more ta- in whatever you do, some people are more talented naturally than others right but I'm a big believer is the people that that really get to the top they're the people that work the hardest Mm. you know Um, I've seen it time and time again in different things in football growing up you know I can tell you loads of mates I played with who were unreal footballers but they didn't have the work ethic didn't get to the top and a lot of people that was all right they ended up being professional footballers do you know what I mean and I I think um, I think it's all about it's all about the drive and when something's not gone my way I've never really sat and moped about, you know, it's always just made me work harder. But even if I have a bit of a win and I get a good opportunity or, 
you know, one of my sketches does really well. I don't, I don't, I don't revel in it. Do you know what I mean? I'm just like, right, that's that, that's that done. What are we doing next? You know, that's yeah, how, yeah. that's how I am. And I, um, yeah, I, I would say it's that drive that has, you know, um, that has, has really helped, really helped me in like my, my comedy. You know, I'm gonna take you home now um, for track six. Uh, favorite song from an artist from your home county, please. Uh, yeah, so it is uh, Defa Guitar Pop, um, Rickety Old Train. Um, uh, we were just talking about Ollie, weren't we, before, uh, aka Silky. Um, <laughs> for those of you that don't know Defa Guitar Pop, they're a ska band. And I would say, I mean, yeah, got to be one of the best ska bands, ska bands in, 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 in the country, really. Absolutely. If, if, if not the best. Um, and Ollie's from uh, he's, he's from Brentwood like me got like mutual friends and um, yeah I just love I just love what he's doing you know yeah. and he's another one that, you know I know I've listened to a few podcasts with with, with Ollie's story that um, you know he got signed at a young age and then it you know it didn't work out how he wanted it to and now with Def Guitar Pop he's taking things into his own hands and it's like you know they call himself a DIY Scar band, they do everything themselves, you know. Um, they release all the songs themselves, and like like a real entrepreneurial approach to to to, yeah. to music, really. And I don't just love their music. Um, I love that. I love that entrepreneurial sort of. Listen, you you're not. I'm not going to wait for you to tell me I can do something. Yeah, I'm going to go and do it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I love that because that's how I feel. Like that's how my approach is with with comedy really you know yeah. like I said I'm, I'm getting a few more doors open to me now but my mentality is look why would I wait for BBC to give me a this and that or whatever I'm like no we can do we can do this ourselves now so let's do it and then if they want to then you know jump on board after that that's cool but I'm going to do it on my own you know definitely and I love that they've I love that they've got um I love that they've got that mentality as well and that song rickety old train it's just wicked, do you know what I mean? It's like um, I can't think of some of the lyrics now, um, but they—they, they, you know, they, those lyrics—they—they really—they really speak to me, and uh, I just love—I love what they're doing. I think they're on tour at the moment, and just to see what they've done—they've got you know going all around the country, filling up these rooms through what they've done themselves. I, I think it's just just wicked, and he's got some. They got some great songs, not just Rickety Old Train, but um, another another favourite one of of theirs, of of, of mine, of theirs, is um, Bobby Dazzler. Oh, tune. That's that's a great tune. That's a great tune. Where he's saying we find joy in the mundane. Um, we go, we find joy in the mundane. I mean, I've absolutely butchered it there because <laughs> you know you can hold a, a tune a lot better than me, but. I'm like, yeah, like now I'm at that age, I'm like, I find joy in the mundane, do you yeah. know what I mean? Just being at home, like, I don't have to go out no more, you know, like I said, clubbing, just smashing myself to bits mm. to try and find a little bit of happiness. Yeah. I'm actually, you know, I'm just happy in the mundane <clears> now, you know what I mean? Which is because I'm getting a bit older, I'm a little bit more happy in myself. So yeah, they're just, they're just wicked, man. They, they really are. And <clears throat> I've, I've known Ollie probably 16, 17 years now, and... Like from the very moment I met him, he was in the, the the band he was in before was called States of Emotion, uh, and they actually played my first night I put on at Sugar Up. 
Oh, really? Like, yeah, I've done like a student night on like, a, or like an indie night. And I don't know, it was on like a, a, was it a Wednesday? I think it was on a Wednesday. Uh, and yeah, and Ollie's band played the first ever night. Because uh, obviously they were Brentwood boys, and uh, yeah, yeah, and yeah. so they had a, they had a nice pool down there. But um, but to see what he done, uh, and I like the fact that he wears his his you know his home county on his sleeve as well. You know, I love that. Even in yeah. even in states, you know, so many of them videos were shot in and around Brentwood, and uh, and then obviously the rickety old train. He's filmed in Romford, isn't it? Like, Romford Market, yeah. Like, just great. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and yeah. just watching and listening to, and, and seeing what he does with that whole DIY ethic of, like, well, look, you know, we get a record deal now. Like, chances are we'll get an album out, we'll get dropped because we're not going to shift the units that they need. The fact that he walked away from, like, you know, a signed indie band and went, right, I'm going to follow my love, which is my, you know, he loves madness, he loves that scar scene. I'm going to start a ska band, which made no sense. When he told me he was doing it, I was like, what? No, I'm, I'm going to start a ska band. I was like, okay. I didn't realise they were going to have so many amazing songs. My Bird's my favourite, by the way. Like, I think he's, yeah. that track, My Bird, he's, he's unbelievable. But um, And then to see them just kind of create this incredible like thing. They just built themselves of like this, you know, this next wave of ska and and the following is like people from such various sort of ages and backgrounds and loves and and just like you say right in the middle of like a huge tour at the moment it's just they've built that all themselves with nothing else completely you know, having like top 40 albums all done themselves and like yeah i mean what they get to number 24 yeah which i mean my, my knowledge of like the the music charts is not the best but like to have the to say you've had the 24th you know, I mean, music, I mean, com- comedy's competitive, right? Like, but mu- I always say, I'm glad I'm a comedian and I'm not in music because music's just like another level. Do you Ruthless. know what I mean? Because, yeah, because let's be honest, like, we know a lot of big hits and that, or even like music artists, what you could, they say, say they're artists, but you think, no, you're actually rubbish. Like, you're not actually talented. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, but because they've got this big whole monster machine behind them of this big record label or whatever and loads of money pumped into them, like, they somehow, you know what I mean? They somehow it can't fail. It they put too much money into yeah. it. It can't fail. It, yeah. You know, they're going to hammer it in the air. And but then you've also got, you've got like a standard thing, like you've got other people that can write your songs. You've got, you've got auto-tune. You've got, you know what I mean? You've got all these things, you know, and sometimes you see someone, you see them live and you go, well, they're not very good. Well, because that's the reality of, you know, that's them in real mm. life. Mm. But they're not actually that 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 great, are they? But um, yeah, I love uh, just bring it back when he said he, you know, where's the, the loves that where he's from, and I love that. You know, I love mm. the, um, I, I love supporting people from from Essex that, that do anything really. Yeah. You know, like I just I, I, I want to see us all do well. Do you yeah. know what I mean? And, and I want to see us all do well. And it, and it is weird because it is there's so much talent that that gets overlooked i think it doesn't help that we're so close to london and 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 the original idea why i set this podcast up being based called off the beaten track was because i wanted to talk about location and like where you're brought up and the influence that has on your creative journey and i think there's a there's an artist that i I, I work with a lot called scroobius pip who's like a an actor and a um yeah he's great like yeah so so pip's from stanford and uh oh is he from stanford yeah yeah 
And, uh, do you know what? I was thinking this the other day because I was listening to a, you know, a few of your a few of your shows with Estimanito, Tom Davis, um, and you mentioned Scroobius Pip, and I'm thinking, I wonder if he's from Essex. And like, yeah, yeah, obviously he is. Yeah, he's, he's Stanford boy, and uh, and yeah, the, he owns the network. This podcast comes out on, and uh, and, and and I remember you see all come out of a conversation with him, just going like the amount of people said, "Oh, you, you're going to move to London," and he's like, "Why? I live in Essex." It's like. 25 minutes on the train and it's like yeah but like if you want to make it you've got to move to London and I just thought that was surreal that that kind of and, and it and at the time this was around the time of sort of like that some of these conversations were happening when his music career was at, at his peak before he, he he moved into acting and and it was around the time of sort of TOWIE as well and, and I remember I was I used to sort of look after um the actor James Buckley, who was in the Inbetweeners. Oh yeah, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. He lived in Brentwood for a bit. Didn't he, he did, yeah, he did. And yeah. uh, and I remember me and James made a pilot for a documentary called The Other Side of Essex, and uh, and basically to kind of go, look, yes, there's all of this going on, but then there's also incredible musicians, you know, comedians, artists from Essex that are also doing incredible stuff that. You know, people need to realise there's so much depth in this county yeah. and so much yeah. to be enjoyed. And like, and yeah, it, it, the, the pilot never got uh, picked up on, but uh, but yeah, it was. Uh, I, I, I just think there's so much stuff in this county that kind of sometimes it feels like you have to shout about it to get heard. And like, and I think if you're in London, it, yeah. it gets. Do you know what? When I started out doing stand-up, I remember thinking, oh, I don't want to talk, I don't want to like, mention I'm from Essex or whatever. Then after a while, someone said to me, like, why are you not like, embracing that? Because like, it's obvious that <laughs> you're from Essex. Like, and the fact that you're not mentioning it, do you know what I mean? Like, you get up there, even before you open your mouth, like you're dressed completely different from anyone else on the comedy circuit. Like, <laughs> I stood out like a sore thumb. Like, I just did. Like, I, like, I, like, I just did. You know, I looked like your typical Essex boy. And yeah. obviously I was, you know, as soon as I started talking. And, um, yeah, and I started embracing it more. And, like, a lot in my stand-up, you know, I talk about... Um, I talk a lot about being from Essex, but now I'm trying to relate it, obviously, to to like what's happening in the in in the wider in the wider yeah, yeah, country. Yeah. Do, do, do you know what I mean? And there's so much. Uh, I mean, I love the whole Towie thing. I love mm. all the reality stars. I, f- I love all that side of it. I love that that you know that is part of the culture massively in, in in Essex. And like I always say, like when it comes to reality TV, like Essex is like Brazil when it comes to football. We're just the best <laughs> at it. Like. Yeah. You can't beat us. Like, that's why on Love Island, I think for three years running, someone from Essex won it. Yeah. And then the next year, there weren't no one from Essex in it because they know they can't beat us. When it comes to, <laughs> they can't beat us when it comes to reality TV. We're too shameless and we're too fucking dumb to not be, <laughs> to not be fantastic television. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah, you know, I... I, I I love it, you know, but I love, um, yeah, there are so many different sides. I think Essex is just so rich with loads of things to talk about, yeah. you know, not just all these great musicians we've got or, you know, the actors that have come from here or whatever, but like even down to the politics, you know, the whole thing with the uh, the Essex man and like, you know, when Thatcher come in, like all these, all these working class blokes who like then started voting Tory and all this and, 
and actually ahead of our, they was ahead of their time in that in that sense because how many you know the last um, the last uh, election how many people did you see like working class people then voting for the Tories all around the country do you know what I mean so like all that I just feel like this area is so. So rich for loads of things to talk about, and it's great for a comedian because I can talk about all of them. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And, and make them funny as well because as, as as rich as it all is, like um, Essex is just I think it's just a funny place. Like the characters you get, you know, in our county, um, and that just we're just you know it's just a different it's just a funny place. You know yeah. what I mean? Which is like enjoyable to talk about on stage. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, well, for your last track, uh, I'm going to ask you, please, to tell me a song that you think many people may not know that you would like them to hear. Yeah. Um, so, it was a Luke Burr tune. I think it was 4AM. Um, Luke Burr is probably the most talented person I've ever seen do anything, in all honesty. He's a... He's from, um, I think he's Gidea Parkway. Um, I went to school with him, although I was a few years above. Um, he went to Campion in, in Hornchurch. And um, he is a singer and 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 plays piano. Um, and, like, literally, he's got, like, that John Legend vibe about him. Like, so soulful, writes his own songs. Just unreal. Like, just so, so talented. And, like, how... I mean, he's he's doing really well at the moment, but sometimes I look at it, I think, like, mate, like, I feel like one day you're going to be a massive star, but yeah. I, I look at him and I think, how are you not, ha- how are you not a household name already? Do you yeah. know what I mean? He's he's so talented, and he's also the loveliest geezer, and um, yeah, that, that song, 4AM, I absolutely love it. Um, so yeah, love Luke. And then also, um, uh, Tommy B, um, I think I've, Put on there, haven't I? Blessings. Yes. So Tom, yeah, he um, he's someone I've I've uh, become pally with lately. He, uh, I think, he was born in East London, but then sort of grew up in in Malden, and I think he's living back in East London now. But um, he uh, he is, yeah, he's a he's an MC, and um, he's just to release a new tune called Blessings, and uh, it's wicked. And he's such a great lyricist, you know, really great lyricist. Um, and that, if you've not heard that tune, then you've got to go listen to that as well. Wicked. Well, we make it easy to do that because we put a Spotify playlist together um, oh, with all the tracks that um, you've picked, you've chose today. Um, as 2022's um, motoring through now, and uh, with no restrictions and, and, and gigs and festivals and, and holidays and, and, and all usual service seems to be resuming, um, what are you looking forward to um, for the rest of the year, personally, and what's going to be happening professionally? Personally, I'm looking forward to going on holiday. Uh, I go to Spain in June, which I can't wait to have a, be my first holiday away with my son. Um, so that'd be lovely. Look forward to that. Um, and uh, look forward to the World Cup in December with, with England. I feel... I've sort of got over the Euros now and uh, I'm thinking, you know, we can do it. It's coming home. Uh, so I get excited for that. Um, and then, yeah, like professionally, I try not think too much about like, oh, I want to get this, I want to get that. Like I just get my head down, I work hard 
and then whatever happens happens you know for me doesn't matter if I'm I'm doing a gig in in Southend to 20 people or if I'm doing you know um like some of the bigger shows that I do which is uh, you know like I just love doing just love doing stand up love writing new jokes and like expressing myself up there um so yeah whatever comes professionally comes I I think a lot of times it's it's you know you just got to work hard and see what happens and don't you know don't get too too caught up in uh in like oh, I want to reach the top or whatever like or whatever man it's out of your yeah. control so just just enjoy yourself and have a laugh and you know I'll always do stand up I think you know um done it for eight years I love it more than ever and I, it, I, for me it just always be a part of my life you know whether I go on to be like really big and successful or whether I'll just be a, you know, maybe a club comedian going around doing the clubs, whatever, man, you know, I like, at the end of the day, I'm a stand up comedian. That's what I love doing. That's my passion. It's my vocation. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So wherever that's, wherever that takes me, you know, so be it. Wonderful. Wonderful. And if people want to keep up the speed with everything you're doing, where's the best place to do that, Josh? Um, so Instagram at Josh Jamesy, um, put a lot of my, my, my sketches up there first and foremost and then on facebook it's at josh james comedy uh just uh, <clears throat> just start a youtube channel um josh jamesy again um so yeah catch me on a on 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 any of those really and uh keep an eye out for some for some dates um yeah and hopefully if you know hopefully see a show if you do come to a show come up say hello and love to have a chat with you wonderful stuff josh it's been a real joy chatting to you today mate thank you so much I really enjoyed it, Stu. Thanks for having me on. And um, yeah, I'm really chuffed that you asked me. So I'm really grateful for, for you having me on, mate. Absolute pleasure, mate. There you go. Glorious bit of Essex chat there. Um, what, a, what, a, what a top dude. Like, really lovely chat. And it's always nice when, when you press stop uh, recording and you carry on having a natter. That's testament to the fact that, you know, there, uh, there, there was a good chat had. Um, as I mentioned at the beginning, uh, at the beginning, go check out uh, Joshy's stuff. It's uh, it's incredible. You know, go and check out some of his um, sketches and that on his YouTube channel. Uh, and if you get an opportunity to go and see him live, go and do so. Um, I think I'm done. Mentioned at the beginning, and I'll repeat it again now. Um, there's a Patreon, um, and there's merch, and there's everything you need to know about this podcast. All the links to the socials is at off the beat and trackpodcast.com. There you go. Have a lovely time, people. I'll see you next time. Uh, In between that, just be nice to each other and just generally be excellent. And uh, I'll see you next time. Big love. Bye-bye. It's Off The Beat and Track Podcast on the Distraction Pieces Network. Keep me stew with him. Eat a book.